Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast and the Class. Breakfast and the Class is dedicated in honor of uh, uh, his wife's birthday, his Eshel Chaya Hannah Levi, who constantly pushes him to be the most outstanding version of himself and always gives of himself for the betterment of others in their pursuit of Dvekuta Hashem. From her husband, Michael Levi, Azaku Baruch. As well, dedicated and loving memory of Rose Kada, Alea Shalom, Leudishmat, Rosie, Bat Klori, Alea Shalom, for the second year Askara by the Kada family. Also, Breakfast in the Class dedicated in loving memory of Eliyahu Moshe Weiss, Alava Shalom, Lilu Nishmat Eliyahu Moshe Ben Yosef, Viudit Alava Shalom, on his second Askara by the uh, uh, Anonymous and by the community. As well, last but not least, the week of Cobra was sponsored by David E. Ash, honor of you and your substantial capacity to do good today and every day. We also have with us a very special guest, uh, the, uh, the one and only Nathanael Amenov Azaku Baruch. Us a couple of times, uh, Baruch Hashem. Uh, so it's wonderful to have you with us uh, for the uh, breakfast in the class. Welcome to the family. Now I can welcome you also, not just to our family, but to the Shul family. Okay. Yishtah Okay, my friends, I just read a dedication in loving memory of Eliyahu Moshe Weiss, Alava Shalom. Some of you will remember uh, Eliyahu Moshe Weiss. Eliyahu Moshe Weiss was a, a man who came to us who had some difficulties in his personal life. He was homeless, unfortunately. He used to sleep sometimes in the park. It was not an easy life uh, that he led. And he came to the Beta Knesset one day, I think maybe, maybe to, for breakfast to warm up more than anything else. And I'm very proud to say about our Beit Knesset that it is a, a warm and welcoming environment. We welcome everybody in, no matter where you come from, no matter what you like. And he felt a connection to the people of the Beit Knesset. Um, we gave him, in the final year of his life, we gave him uh, a tremendous feeling of, uh, of acceptance. We gave him a tremendous feeling of joy in his life in this Beit Knesset. I, can't, I just want to share with you the zechut that we had to give somebody like that. A person really has nothing. What, what do you give someone like that? So I want to share a couple things that uh, Eliyahu Meir Weiss, Alava Shalom, he took from our Beit Knesset and also relate it back to, the, to uh, the parasha that we are studying this week. I will never forget when he first came and he asked me if he could speak with me. I said, sure, no problem. He brought his briefcase that had literally everything in his life was in this briefcase. Do you remember once, security, they saw a guy bring a big bag and they tried to take his bag away from him. He went majnoon. Everything he owned is in that bag. You can't take it, you know, that you can't take it away from him. So he came to, the bed, to, to breakfast. He asked to speak to me after the breakfast. So we went upstairs to my office. And I'm getting ready, the, you know, uh, some, maybe some extra tzedakah money that I have upstairs. Or maybe to write him a check. He says, Rabbi, I don't, want, I don't want the money. I don't want any money. I said, what do you mean? He, I don't have any money. He says, I don't want any money. He says, I want a job. Help me get a job. He says, before my situation got out of control, I was uh, someone who did financial analysis. I worked on studying, on hedge funds, on all this kind of thing. This was my background. Get me a job, he said. I don't want any tzedakah. I don't want any money from anybody. I had on my desk a $2 bill that was given to me by somebody. A $2 bill that was given to me by somebody as a sign of a biracha. And I took the $2 bill and I gave it to him as a sign of biracha 
from this special person who gave it to me. And I said, Bezat Hashem, this should be for Mazal for you. And he kept saying, I don't want to take, I don't want to take. Finally, when I gave him the money, I, he took the money. And I thought I convinced this gentleman to take this $2 bill from me. And he took the bill. And he had it, and it was his. And as soon as he acquired the $2 bill, he said, Rabbi, please, I have $2. Please, can you give this to Siddhaqah, to someone that could really use it? Wild. Give it to someone who really needs it. Someone who's down on his luck. I'm looking at the guy. He has nothing. He has no home. He's sleeping on a park bench. And the only reason why he was willing to take any money from me was so that he could give it back to me for tzedakah. <clears throat> anyway, so I tried to find him a job. We tried to get him a job. We got him a job maybe doing hashkacha bahazid. He's standing all day from walking all around the city nonstop. His legs, his feet weren't so... Uh, they weren't able to support him properly. So he couldn't stand on his feet all day doing the job of Ashkacha. So he went from one thing to the other. But during this process, he would come, he would sit here in the Beit Knesset, and while we were learning Torah, afterwards he would come up to me and give me a chidush, something that he thought about the Devret Torah that we shared in the morning, maybe another answer to something. But I'll never forget the thing that brought him the most joy, the thing that I feel we gave, we were able to give to a person like this. Right? The, mo the biggest gift was on the first night of Hanukkah in the Midrash upstairs. So it came time to light the menorah. And I saw him there. And I thought to myself, what a great uh, opportunity. And I asked him to light the menorah, to lead us in lighting the menorah in the Beit Knesset. Especially someone who doesn't have a home. Where is he lighting menorah? Ner ish ubeto ma'ando beto. He doesn't have a house. Let him light in the Beit Knesset. Let him make the Beracha for us. So I, oh, I gave him the Beracha. He goes up to light the menorah. And he was so emotional. And he came up to me afterwards. And he just kept shaking his head. He's saying he's in the, in the Edmund J. Safra Synagogue. A synagogue that has many well-to-do people. Many people mechubad. And who did they give candle lighting on the first night of Chanukah to? Someone like me. He mentioned it to me many times before he passed away in the following year. My friends, we have an opportunity to give to people sometimes something that they could never get by themselves. You have a guy like this, he didn't want money. He wanted a job. Why? He couldn't bear to take tzedakah. Even though he needed it more than anybody. More than many of the people that come with a piece of paper. I still remember a guy coming to knock at my door. And he tells me he needs to raise money. Why? Because he has a bunch of children. And it's very hard because he has to buy all of his children. He has to buy them an apartment. I said, Rochi, I don't have an apartment. I have lots of brothers and sisters. None of my brothers and sisters own their apartment. You want, you want me to, give, to sponsor your real estate empire for your family? Now, I understand in Israel, in order to get married, you have to put it down. I get it. I get it. But there's lots of people that don't have that. And, and people are very happy to ask for tzedakah for these things. Here, the guy, he, he was the most valid tzedakah case in the world. He wouldn't take. Why? Because sometimes a man would rather go hungry. And he'd rather sleep rough. 
and he'd rather suffer pain, and he'd rather suffer hunger, and he'd rather suffer discomfort than to feel like a hazikes. My friends, we're reading now in the Torah, the parashah of Tazriyah. And in Tazriyah we learn all about the concept of tzarat, a spiritual malady, a disease, a, a, a mark that would become on a person's house, on their clothing, on their body, illustrating that there was someone that spoke Lashonara. And the Kohen would analyze it. And he would look at the nega. And if he saw on the person's nega, if he saw on the person that it was spreading, what did he do? He would declare the person Tameh, Badad Yeshev, and the guy would have to sit alone by himself outside the machaneh, locked up outside the camp. Couldn't be with anybody, couldn't talk to anybody. They would, he would say Tameh, Tameh, so people would stay away from him. Such, my friends, is the negative power of a Ba'al Lashon Ara that he's such a destructive force that people in the street, they need to be warned. Stay away, Tameh, Tameh, Tameh. Wild. Now, if you're a Ba'al Lashon Ara, if I'm a Ba'al Lashon Ara, and imagine we thought of ourselves that way. I remember, you know, when people took COVID very seriously. How far away did you stay from someone if they might? Never mind if they were coughing, if they had a fever, never mind. If the person, you don't even know what he's got, we had social distancing, at least six feet. If the guy's not wearing a mask and the room is not well ventilated, you want to sit on the other side of the room from the guy. Right now he's spitting some particles came out of his mouth. If you don't have good HVAC, forget about it. The whole room is tameh. Such is the power, not just of droplets that come out with COVID, but also of words that come out of a person's mouth that a ba'al lashonara, people need to be warned about it. Now I want you to realize, there's a lot of other averot in the Torah. You have a guy who steals money from somebody. There's no halacha that says, we run around and we're like, Tameh, 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 the guy's a ganav. How about if a guy, he punches people in the face for a living? Okay, and he Mike Tyson, but not in the ring, punches everybody. No halacha that we warn people, Tameh, the guy's going to punch you. No halacha. But Lashon Aram, my friends, Lashon Ara, what's it called? The Gemara is Doresh. Where, where do we learn Lashon Ara from? Makeh Re'eu Basater. A person who strikes their friend Basater in hiding. You know, my rabbi used to talk about this all the time. You hit someone, they know how to protect themselves. You hit someone, they can hit you back. But if you started a rumor, or if you said something, you have no idea where that ends up. And when it arrives back at the person, the person has no idea where it came from. There's no way to defend yourself. Badad Yeshev, that person, he needs to be separated from everybody. My friends, you know why we say this about Lashon Ara, not about stealing? Because a person would rather be poor than lose his dignity. A person would rather be hit than lose his dignity. Like Eliyahu Meir, refusing to take even the dollar. But my friends, the 
punishment for these words of Lashon Hara is that a person receives nega, a, uh, a blemish, a plague. And the Sifarim tell us that the inverse of nega is oneg. Oneg is something which is a delight. And the concept is there, midah kineged midah. Because it sits with every person to have the right, so to speak, to, sh- to look at a person and see a nega, or to look at a person and realize that they've got it backwards. The person is not a nega, the person's oneg. Who decides how you look at that person? You do. So I'm looking at this guy who's coming to the bed, Knesset, and I see a person who has dignity. I see a person who deserves to be called up, deserves, like anybody else, the light of menorah, the fact that life's circumstances led him to a certain place, the fact that he didn't have family money to bail him out three times from the three failed businesses. I always point this out. If you have a right name and you failed in business three times, this guy has got hustle. You have the wrong last name and you failed in business once, you're a failure. Isn't that interesting? Nega Oneg. You look at one guy, you say, look at this guy. Wow, he's so brave. He's so independent. He's such an entrepreneur. Fantastic. Right? That's how we look at the guy. But the guy doesn't have the financial backing. So he scrimped, scrimped and saved every penny to put in a business venture. It didn't work. Sometimes it's your fault. Sometimes it's not your fault. There's times when people make the best business decision in the world. And then what happens? And then, flipping Russia invades Ukraine. There's no way that I could have known that the oil prices were going to go through the roof or that the housing prices are going to go through the roof or that something else is going to go through the There's no way I could have known that. So what happens if you get the guy who doesn't come from a family or from a community where he has that support system? He tried the one time, he failed. What is this guy? Hazit. This guy is a failure. That's how society works. You know, they say the oldest adage in the world is you have to spend money to make money. Again, easy when you have money to spend to make money. But what happens if you didn't have money to spend in the first place? How do you rub two nickels together? My friends, that is the process of oneg and nega. When you're looking at someone. Oneg, onega. The other day, We were talking, we were talking about, um, we were reminiscing about the time that Eliyahu Meir Weiss, Moshe Weiss spent with us. He passed away right after Purim, in the beginning of COVID, he had pneumonia. I still remember, I still remember him on Purim, celebrating the smile that he had on his face, my friends. In this room, right over here. <clears throat> he spoke beautifully. <clears throat> I wish we had the recording of that. I remember during COVID when no one came to the Beit Knesset, so I used to come by myself and I would pray in the synagogue for the community. I'd open up the Aron, pray for all those that were sick. And I walked in and nothing in the shul, by the way, nothing moved for two year, almost a year plus, however long we were closed for. And his tefillin happened to be the last time he used this talit and tefillin, he left it, it was in the front row of the Beit Knesset. Right? Right by the last seat in the front row by the bima. 
And I, I felt like until it gets moved, let, so we left it there until we eventually tracked down um, a family member to be able to give it to him. But every day I would come and every week I would come every Shabbat, right? Haron and I were the only two people in the building. And I would see his talit and tefillin here. And I thought how appropriate it was that it sat in a place and in a building that gave him that dignity. My friends, you don't need a shul to make a person feel like a million dollars. You hear me? You don't need a shul to make a person feel like a million dollars. It doesn't need to be Hanukkah to make a person feel like a million dollars. Every Baal Lashon, every person who has a tongue gets a choice to be a person who spreads nega plague, who needs to be put in quarantine outside the camp, or you can become a person who's the exact opposite. Who is the anti-nega? Who is the anti-Baal Lashonara? Aharon Cohen. Aharon Cohen would go around the Jewish camp and he would speak from one person to the next person to the next person, and all he would do is raise what was special about a wife to her husband, what was special about a husband to his wife. He making shalom all over the place. Now, I thought, you know, one of the hardest mitzvot to work on is Lashonara. Everybody speaks Lashonara sometimes. It's hard. Even if you're very religious, you try and keep everything. It's very hard not to say Lashonara. I'm not even talking, by the way, about Avak Lashonara. You know, Avak Lashonara has its own issues, but which means the dust of Lashonara. Like, uh, the halakha says that if, if you say something not bad about a person, you say something good about a person, you say in the synagogue, there's a guy in the synagogue, this guy gives out the most tzedakah, his address is 222, you know, 2nd Avenue, that guy has a line of aniyim outside his door, you know, all the way from 2nd Avenue to 3rd Avenue. Now, you, that's, you, you, you did something, you said something positive, but it caused him, now he's got the hassle of having to give and deal with so many people. So that's avak shonara. Or you say something positive that could be interpreted as negative. I'm not even talking about Avak Lashonara. I'm talking about pure Lashonara. You say this guy, I stay away from him, he's no good. There's other ways of saying it. There's ways of communicating where you need to communicate without speaking badly. And people say all the time, I can't help it. It's impossible, it's impossible. And I thought to myself, you know what's impossible? What's impossible is keeping your mouth shut. But once you've decided to talk about somebody, isn't it possible to choose to speak nicely about that person? Not excessive so the other person says, he's not as big of a tzaddik as you think. The guy is a rasha. You think, yeah, he's so good. He reads the Torah. You know why he reads the Torah. I feel like you ever say something nice and the guy like take, wants to take him down some pegs, right? You ever see that? Yeah, the guy, we said, this guy comes to shul every day. You know why he comes to shul. He comes to shul only to rip people off. <laughs> Right? You have always someone's trying to find a negative angle. The guy, this guy, he learns the whole Torah. Yeah, you know what? I bet you he stole the Gemara's from someone. <laughs> right? Sometimes you have people, they want to... My friends, if you have to open your mouth to consider, to think for one second that there's a possibility, a way of opening my mouth which can build people up. So you want to talk? Fadal. But say something nice. So... I want to maybe offer and ask for a challenge from the people in this room and the people that will hear this recording. And it should be Bezrat Hashem for Zechut, for Yaakov Yisrael ben Tamar Malka. We know the power 
the power of Lashon Ara is such that it gets the person who speaks Lashon Ara to be pushed outside of the community. So we know that there's, if ever there's a punishment on the negative side, Mida Tova Meruba. You know what that means? That means if that's what it is in the negative side, on the positive side, it's much more. I'll give you an example. The Gemara says that uh, if a person, uh, if, if the children of a person are following in their evil ways, you can be punished al shileshim ve'al ribeim for three and four generations. But the Gemara says if a person does mitzvot and his children follow in his mitzvot, then it can be for 2,000 years they could get sachar. So you see that the number is, uh, is measured by, you know, is midatova miruba. So if that's the punishment, then not only is the reward the same the other way, but it's much more. Unfortunately, this child, Yaakov Israel, has been taken from the Kehillah, taken from Am Israel, and he's in his own space. He's separated in his hospital room. His parents are desperate to come. They left their hospital bed of their child, both the father and the mother, and they came to my son-in-law and my daughter's wedding. Because they said, with all the class, everything you did, we wanted, we felt like, how could we not come to your wedding? Could you imagine? So this child is Badad Yeshev. If, if Lashon Ara gets you pushed out, then the antidote to that is Lashon Atob. To decide to find something about a person that you could communicate whether to them or to somebody else, that will raise the person up. It should be also a zikhut ilui nishama for Eliyahu Moshe Weiss, Eliyahu Moshe ben Yosef Yehudit in Gan Eden, that we should learn uh, from what, what resonated, what made such an impact on his life, that he felt the respect of people. He felt that people didn't look down on him. I want to ask, and I want to ask, and I want to ask, that in the parasha of Tazriya, which deals with Ba'alela Shonara, deals with the damage that, do, that they do, <coughs> deals with the choices they make. So one person could look at a guy and see this is a person who needs tzedakah. Or you could look at the guy and say, this is a person who refuses to take tzedakah. <laughs> one person looks at the guy, this guy needs money. The guy took money from me. What did he do with the only two dollars he had? He asked me to give it to somebody else. Is that a person that should be spoken badly about or positively about? Up to you. Oneg, Onega. My friends, I want to ask in this week's parasha to take an opportunity for the duration, if you want, till the end of Shabbat. If you want, till the end of Mitzorah, because Mitzorah also deals with the halachot of Tzarat. To try in every single day of these two parashiyot, to find something positive about someone and to raise them up using your Lashon HaTov. You see a husband, go to the husband and tell him something positive that you noticed about his wife. To his wife, something you noticed positive about the husband. That's an Aharon HaKohen move. You come to synagogue, people always telling the father, your son made a mess downstairs. Your son is talking in the back. Your son is doing the thing. Your son is eating the chocolate cookies. Your son is doing this... How many times does someone come to a father in Beit Knesset and say, I notice your son sitting and praying nicely? How long? For two minutes. It's more than many kids. Two minutes more than the other kids. Right? 
You have a, a, a young couple that's here in the Beit Knesset. Their parents are in Brooklyn. You tell the father in Brooklyn, I saw your son. He's coming to the Safa synagogue. I saw him in the Shabbat in the, in the class. He's going. I know maybe you're worried he's not with you in Brooklyn. I just want you to know he's coming. He's about, you know how good you make the parents feel? People sometimes come and they'll tell me, Rabbi, we love the class. We love what you did. We love what they, you know, I always say, tell my mother, tell my father, tell my wife. No, I don't, for me, Baruch Hashem, I don't need to hear it. I hear it enough. I don't need my head getting any bigger than it is. But this is an opportunity that everybody has um, when, when they walk into situations to choose to be able to build with their words or to choose to divide people, to break families apart, to destroy trust in business. What do you see? Do you see Nega or do you see Oneg? That's up to you. May Hashem bless us always to have an eye in Tov. Baruch Amen